And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, podcaster, or a content creator of any kind, make sure to reach out to us at aoastudios.org. Book your service or session today. And I am joined today by an incredibly special guest. My guy. <laughs> the one and only Why Try. Why Try, baby. Crunk loyalty, all that good stuff. Why born? I don't even have to introduce the guy. He's, this, is, this is what he does. Um, Shield 3, everybody. This upcoming weekend, at, at, at least when this uh, podcast has been released, February 10th at Rockwood Music Hall. Rockwood Music Hall, Boston, Shield 3. Shield 3, baby. All black, all alternative concert, Rockwood, come through. You know the vibes. <laughs> and we are here to not people. only promote the show, but also have a great conversation Absolutely, with Y-Track. Yeah, bro. Somebody who, do. somebody who I've wanted to have on the show for quite a while. First off, how are you doing, my friend? Shit, man. I'm tired. Um, I've been moving around a lot, you know, but... I recently came back from the show I had in Atlanta, so now yeah, how'd that go? It was fire, bro. It was a good turnout. Good turnout. It's just it's different out there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I love it though. It was it was cool because like me and the promoter went to go park the car, and he was like, "Yo, I found a school. I found a spot to park. We go park right here. Hop out. We hop out, and I looked to my left, and it's just like." Six niggas with a like gold Lamborghini toting guns shooting a music video. And that was that was the most fire shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like anything happens out there. It's it's so hard. I love that place. Fantastic. Man. Then after the show I got like wings inside the cl- like inside the club where oh, I no shit. So yeah. I got like wings and fries and the whole combo. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I heard like the like the wings and like in those some of those chef's clubs kiss. are like the best. Bro, chef's kiss. It's chef's supposed, kiss. Now I understand supposedly. like people like when they go to like KOD and shit and they eat over there. I get it now. I yeah, get yeah. It. I haven't I haven't been down it. I've only driven through it like on my way to uh, somewhere else actually. But um, I've always wanted to stop off there and uh, yeah. check it out. I've heard good things. Type shit, yeah, man. It's a place to be. Cool. Well, man, welcome to the show, man. This Thank is you, like man. a really. I'm really. Of course, of course. Um, so our listeners know, or if anybody that hasn't listened to us before, we start off with the objective. So we get that's the segment where we get to know a little bit about you and your yeah. background. Um, and one thing I am like really intrigued by with you is what you had mentioned actually when you introduced yourself as the crunk Lord. Yeah. And I, I love that you've coined yourself as that. And in terms of, I think it works for not only your aesthetic and also like your, your vibe, but also the music itself. And so I'm curious for you, like how did crunk music like in the early two thousands when it was really popping with like, you know, little John three, six mafia, uh, a little scrappy, like artists like that. Like, where, what sort of influence did they have on you, if any? And then, sort of, how did you feel like you wanted to coin yourself as the Crunk Lord? Um, growing up, like I kind of miss. It's it's funny, like growing up, bro. I kind of missed the whole East Coast rap movement of like when like Dipset was hot and like the, like the J Blueprint run and all that stuff. I had to go back and listen to that stuff. But when all that stuff was going on, I was usually just on like the uh, TV and like the internet and ever whenever I would turn on like. Rap Basement at 106 in Park, it would be them. Like, Ludacris, Lil John, 3-6 Mafia, like, fucking popping my collar, all that. Like, the party music yes. was what I really grew up listening to. So I kind of got heavy influence just listening to that. Like, mm-hmm. fucking Jeezy and fucking, like, oh, like yeah. the Akon run, like, all that stuff. That's what I was mostly listening to because that's what I was mostly seeing. And I feel like I just kind of related to it more. Like, I was just, like, I was a 
I was young as shit and I was always getting in trouble and shit, but I was always at hella parties and just like mm -hmm. that vibe and that like that setting I always wanted to be in as a kid. So even when I was going to parties as kids, like when we were in high school and shit, it was always just, I don't know, like it was just fun shit, bro. I just wanted to do fun, cool shit. And that's what I was seeing those artists doing. So I was like, oh, this is, I, whatever this shit is, I'm fucking with it. Mm -hmm. And then um, also too, at that age, I was dancing. So like, right. Going to like classes and seeing people choreograph those pieces more was just like, oh, this is this is fire. Like, I remember, I think when I was like sixteen, uh, when I was in this group, I was in this group called uh, Funk Phenomenon. I yeah, was yeah, in like yeah. the teen division, and I tried teaching a piece to uh, fuck, which, which I did. I did. I taught a piece to a. Uh, a three six mafia song and they were like, Yo, this is hard. Um which which one was it? Stay fly. I taught a piece of Stay Fly by yeah, Three Six Mafia. That was a classic. And they were like, Yo, this is fire, but like there's too many swears in this, bro. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna be able to do this. But so it was just just doing shit like that, bro. Just got really got me really involved in party music and it was yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I think your music has a lot of that energy as well. And yeah. like I've you know, I've been to your shows, of course. Actually, I think I was at Shield too, if I'm not mistaken. And the energy and, um, too, that's another thing is that it was really a lot of it too was the energy, bro. So that's why I like seeing like especially when like Ludacris is on his run and Ludacris yes. is coming out and um all that stuff is coming off the word of mouth album, like a lot of the energy, bro. The energy just For like, sure. really stuck with me because I was a very energetic person. For sure. So when I was started making music, it kind of just carried over type shit so yeah, yeah. uh yeah figuring that but crunk lord happened crunk lord came about because i i saw duke do when duke do started coming out i saw him started calling himself as the king of crunk and i was like okay that makes sense he's from memphis he's like from where that sound originated sure. i kind of saw myself as like a lord of the sound because i'm re not not rejuvenating but like doing the sound in my own way as mm -hmm. kind of like paying hom homage to like Lil John and like Duke and all the Memphis and Atlanta people that pioneered the record, like pioneered the song. So not only am I doing that in my own way, I kind of see it as like me kind of like overseeing shit, kind of like how a Lord does in like the kingdoms where like the King will appoint a Lord to oversee all the other shit. So it's kind of like a way of me like passing the torch. So when I did that show with Duke Deuce and we spoke about it and uh, we spoke about crunk music and I showed him some of my shit, him giving me a stamp. It was like, that was super fire. That's sick. Like it meant a lot to me. That's fantastic. And just as well, like coming from obviously like the Northeast and Massachusetts, like you said, like it's not really like a sound that's predominantly, you don't hear it a lot up here. No, right. So it's cool for you to like have that sort of angle with your music, especially in the scene. Like I think it really, it, it, you've almost carved your own lane. And I've really appreciate liked, that. And I've always appreciated that. I appreciate here. that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially up here. Um, you mentioned dancing and that was actually, it was a great segue because my next question. So, cause I know that like you started off as a dancer. Yeah, no, <laughs> I thought I was going to be like fucking Brian Poospos or like Ian Eastwood or like, <laughs> I wanted to really be like, um, a choreographer for real. Like, I right, thought right. like majority of my life, I thought I was going to be like a professional choreographer and I was taking like strides there and I was getting there, but like, right. I got uh, hurt a lot. Well, that's actually it's, it's literally my question because I was I know that um, you suffered a bad injury like yeah. with uh, and that forced you to kind of pivot not forced you but bro. where you kind of pivoted to music. So I'm curious, like, how was working at places like Funk Phenomenon? How did like it almost help you create a sense of community and collaboration that might have made it easier for you to collaborate in the music side? Because I think in Boston there's always been this narrative, and I think it's sort of starting to. 
um, become outdated lately where, you know, Boston and Massachusetts isn't exactly like a collaborative space for mm -hmm. music. And I think we're really starting to kind of break that, that, uh, that sort of stigma down. But I'm curious for you, like, because I think dance really, that requires a ton of collaboration. It requires a ton of yeah. uh, people f uh, sort of moving in the same direction and being yeah. sort of in sync. So how is that, like, um, that background maybe helped you, like, musically? You know what's funny? I think dancing taught me, like, being a dancer and choreographing and being in other people's pieces, it taught me a lot about having respect, and it taught me a lot about appreciating other people's craft. I love that. So when it comes to music, when I, like, fuck with somebody, mm -hmm. like, I generally, like, really fuck with them. Like, I want to do whatever, whether it's, like, whatever I have in my power or I have on my platform, like, I'm not shy to bring people onto my platform or, like, invite them to do shows for me or, like, mm -hmm. vice versa. Like, I'm not bougie with any of that because when it came to dance, bro, it was, like, you had to, like, almost fight your way into people's pieces. Like, when somebody makes a piece mm -hmm. and they teach the piece and everyone, like, learned the choreography, at the end, they picked the their favorite dancers to come in and do like the piece to get recorded and put on YouTube this time. That was an honor. That shit was like, that was an honor, bro. Like when someone picked me, I was like, me, That's, <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. I must be killing this shit. So I feel like the same aspect kind of just applies to music in my mind. Um, and I'm just very, really grateful for people that like my shit and who want to be a part of what I got going on. And just, just vice versa, bro. Like I feel like dancers have, a, a, a deep level of respect and just understanding of each other, especially when they like really see each other's crafts. Cause yeah. like, it's one thing to see shit on YouTube, but when you see people dance live, Oh, it's different, shit, bro. It's, it's different. different. It's different. I remember like 20, I want to say like 2018, there was a crump event called fitted talk. Okay. And, um, shout out TJ and DJ. Uh, they they brought like the creator of Crump, which is this dude named Tide Eyes, mm -hmm. to like Providence, Rhode Island, to have him do a showcase. And I grew like, bro, I grew up watching all his videos. I was like, yo, this guy's incredible. But when I saw him in person, I almost fainted. That shit was crazy. That shit was cr crazy. So just like, just having just like that respect and just paying that homage to people, bro, and just being like, yo, like, nah, like. Just understanding the level that it takes to get to a certain point in your craft. So when I see that in music, bro, I, I, I give it to you, bro. That's awesome. I'm glad you've been able to bring that sort of mentality 100%. and attitude into that. How was um? What was it like, sort of going? Th I mean, I've I had I've suffered a, a, a shitty injury as well in my in my time. So how was that like mentally for you to that try to just, get that over? That shit ruined me, bro. Yeah, I went through the whole identity crisis. Ugh. Because at that time in my life, I thought I was like, this is what I'm doing. Right. I'm right. gonna get ready to move to New York. I'm gonna like do commercial, uh, do commercial work, whether it's dancing or choreographing, and like I was putting in the steps and putting in the time but after I got hurt I just it was weird it was kind of like I didn't really know what to do like not even like just as with myself but just as a person like I didn't like I felt like I almost lost who I was and I had to re-figure that out like I never thought I was to be a rapper bro never and never huh never I kind of just like fell into this due to like me having ideas for my homies and I was like yo you should do this like I think this would be tight if you do this this time and third and it was kind of like their response was yo this is cool but it's not really me and at a certain point I was just like you know what fuck it bro I'm gonna show you how tight this shit is and I'm gonna do it myself and then boom why try 
stuff happens for a reason, yeah. my friend. Unfortunately, I mean that that is unfortunate. Um, that you know, injuries like that are no fun, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's clear that you you were meant for a different a path. Um, how has dance sort of at least your background in that? Like, because I I've just I mean we're talking about we're about to talk about Shield Three in just a, a second, but. Um, you know, I've been to your shows before. They're they're an experience. They totally you. are an experience. 100%. And you're a great performer, and you're somebody that really I think lives up to that sort of crunk lord sort of um, uh, name yeah. that you've coined yourself. Because I think you've really done a nice job of, uh, you know, I think layering in some of these elements of like choreography and dance and things like that. So um, I'm curious for you, like, how has that dance background really helped your music career from like a like a, a a show standpoint or like a concert standpoint it gave me it's a cheat code bro i kind of gave i personally feel like it's a cheat code and it kind of gave me a level of experience that like i kind of have mm-hmm. like just off dance alone i have like 10 years of live experience right so it gave me confidence it gave me presence it taught me what presence is supposed to look like mm-hmm. it taught me what like certain moments are supposed to look like how to build these big moments like it taught me about um stage design it taught me about like the flow of how a show is supposed to be, whether it's a set or like a show in general. Mm. So just having all that kind of just like in my fucking DNA, yeah, it's a lot easier for me, especially when I'm doing like, now I'm doing bigger sets that are like 30, 40, 50 minutes. Right. So right. now it's like, there's a flow, like there's no stops or like mistakes or this not a third. And even if there are mistakes, it's it's just how to continue moving forward. So I, right. like I have, dance give me a lot of that, bro. A lot of that, a lot of that. Interesting. Yeah, because I think... Crowd control, too. Oh, crowd control, control. yeah. Yeah. I bet that makes total sense. Because I I feel like for a lot of artists, especially ones that are, like, just starting out and coming up, I feel like that's always the biggest thing for artists is, like, the the confidence and the stage presence. Like, that can always be, like, one of the tougher things to, like, overcome. So it's great for you that you kind of already had that almost built in and you almost had that, like, leg up when you were starting, you know? Yeah, that was, like, my number one thing. When I first started making music, that was, like, my number one thing. Everything else had to catch up. Like, the music itself had to catch up to the live. I love that. And that was weird. Right, that's like almost like an inverse. It, it was so it was weird as shit. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna get into the main lesson, um, which is obviously we got to talk about which is what we got yes, got going sir. on now. We got to talk about Shield Three. So I'll throw up the S three again one more time. S three. Um, the lineup's fantastic, man. I was really and I was we were talking a little bit off air. I really loved your your rollout for this. Thank I thought you. the way you introduced each artist, it had this like futuristic feeling to it, almost like a it really did feel like a level up from Shield too. So of Thank course we so have um, Almighty Yami and of course yourself, Zed Kenzo, Cassius Knight, sounds by DJ Dutch, and then hosted by Gibran. Is that how you pronounce Gibran, it? Gibran PB. Gibran. Um so uh talk to me a little bit about the show. So how I know you there was a bit of a um a, cur- a learning curve when it came to trying to get this show sort of situated, but um, yeah, talk to me about how the experience of sort of how this has been to get the show prepared and um, what people can maybe expect who um, are attending or if people are on the fence. Mm-hmm. What can they ex- putting together shows can kind of suck just because of the amount of work that has to go into it. I hear like, you. I hear you. I just love the opportunity of being able to create my own platform mm-hmm. and like just pushing my own IP and just building it and just like building something brick by brick that I can give back to Boston or just give to the homies and put them on. Like, it's cool that, like, I get to do these shows and I get to pay all my acts and pay everyone, everyone you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be able to do that and continuously evolve it. And um, the idea of the shield really just came from, like, and it kind of just evolved into, like, what I guess my fan base is. Yeah. But it's just the idea of I feel like my creativity, my ideas – Everything I do is why I try or just 
as a person, um, these ideas are important and they deserve to exist. But to exist, I got to be able to protect my ideas. Mm-hmm. So whether it's my IP, my dreams, or whatever, that's where like this shield mantra came from. Interesting. And it's funny, when I was playing games growing up, bro, I always liked defensive characters. I always liked defensive and healing characters. That was like my thing. Like when I play like RPGs and there's like three of us, I'm always the fucking healer just because like, I just <laughs> like being like like the backbone. So uh, that's kind of where like the shield came into. Okay. And I feel like as artists, all artists feel like that. We all want to protect our ideas. We all want to protect our creativity because there's so many things that come into our lives, whether it's noise or the static or like things stopping us to try to evolve, to pull us away from these things that fuck us up. And it's like, I don't, I got to protect this. This is my child. This is my baby. And I want this to grow and be successful no matter what it is. So that is what the shield is for me. Hmm. That's interesting. I love that metaphor of that as well. And I think that really like bodes well with you. That's interesting about the, uh, the side of of playing video, like playing games and stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's that's, like, bro, when you playing the three person shooter and everyone's a fucking sniper, what are we getting? <laughs> what are we getting done? Exactly. We're not getting shit done. It's not. It's yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's interesting that yeah, you like everybody has their own different roles, right? You kind of like, yeah. like put into your role. Um, yeah. So what? Like with Shield yeah. Three, I take everyone's roles who I really respect, whose crafts and roles I really respect. Yeah. I put it together and we give it to the world. Amazing. We're doing it in a way that's Amazing. dope, creative, and it's like it's, it's an experience. And those like we're on Shield Three, and other shields have looked the same. They don't feel the same. They're not expected to be the same. Like I want every time I do a shield for it to be like same blueprint, completely different experience though. Right, right. You know, yeah, because the, well, the blueprints worked. Because like I said, I, th- I was at Shield Two, and I was really, uh, I was really impressed by it. I really enjoyed enjoyed the, the show. I really, really, um, I loved it. And but for this one, I'm I'm curious about like the thought process behind getting the lineup together. So, why did you choose the artists that you chose for this? And sort of um, talk to me a little bit about each of them and what they maybe bring to the table for this for this show. Zed Kenzo is 100 percent a star. Mm-hmm. Cassius Knight is one of the best hit makers in the city. Almighty Yami is one of the greatest creative minds in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And just respectfully putting that all together was like a no brainer for me. So I love also the fact that everybody's alternative. And right. um, I like I like the idea of alternative because I feel like alternative is eventually going to... This is what I think. I think alternative is eventually going to turn into the new pop because everything that we have out right now is starting to get washed out because people are bored. Mm. I think people are bored. I think people are bored of the same sounds and it's the same styles. Yeah. And you can see more alternative acts coming into the forefront Agre- of music. Absolutely. Whether Even though they might not be fully left field... But a lot of shit is alternative. And I started to realize that the more I saw people like Pink Panthers and, yeah. and fucking um, JPEG. and JPEG like, especially, right? All I, these other, yeah. like, there's, so more, there's so many more acts coming out and seeing more success. Even like Kanye West hitting, doing that picture with JPEG that just came out. That's a big fucking deal. That's a very big deal. So shit like that is like makes me love being all like like really repping like the whole alternative music mantra like this is our shit we do it different and it's respected and, and it's like there's love here hmm. there's fans here there's love here there's like money here all that huh this is this brings an interesting point i didn't really have this in my notes but i'm curious now off of that so because I, I agree with you i think with a lot of alternative acts and music like they do curate these very um, cult fan bases a lot yeah. of the times, for sure, which is fantastic, right? Kenny Mason, Vince Staples, like this, of like course. everyone who I think of as alternative, they might not be, they might not be getting the biggest budgets on the labels, 
But if you see their fan bases, mm. I mean, they'll ride for them, right? Ride like, for them, hundred percent. So, but I'm curious, like, in your opinion, like, what do you think? Will it will it take more like bigger artists or like more artists? I don't say bigger artists, but artists that are more in like the the limelight, like a Kanye, to sort of like shed light on them, or is there something going to be something else that maybe like pushes alternative more towards the. I- uh, forefront. I think I, it's a combination I agree with you. of both. Yeah, I think it's ahead. a combination of both. I think it's a combination with the first thing you said, like having these bigger artists shed more light. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like everything has a ceiling, bro. And then mm-hmm. with, when, with enough push, anything can break. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, alternative music has been bubbling, whether it was rock or like hip hop or whatever. Yeah. Pushing and bubbling for years. 100%. For years. And, and it's not, su- yeah. And it's such a, it's, it's such a like uh, generic sort of um, g- genre in the sense of like alternative can mean so many different things. Yeah. Right? Cause and everyone's genre bending. Right. So it's like, right. you know, some, some is going to hit. Yeah. And when it hits, it's going to open, it's going to open up a big fucking door. I love it. Yeah. 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 No. And I think it'll, it'll change. I mean, I hope because I think it'll, I agree with you. I think like the quote unquote, what we consider popular music is starting to get a little washed out and a little bit like rinse repeat. And yeah, because like, for yeah. Example, like, what, what would you what would you deem Tyler the Creator? I'd say he's definitely alternative in a lot of ways. I mean, some well, some of the music he's made. I think some yeah. of it, he's. I don't even know because I think every album he's made has been unique and a little bit different. You know, like even like the album behind you there, like there's a lot of there's hip hop there for sure, but there's a ton of R and B there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know like obviously with like albums like Goblin or even. Um, Cherry Bomb Like those are definitely More like alternative styles So I, I don't know Like I think he You could I think depending upon Which type of album You're talking about I think The What you deem That genre Could like be Totally yeah. different And change Yeah, I, I mean I'm starting I see alternative as I don't know Where I could box this But I know I, I know I like this And I know this is Extremely good mm-hmm. And I feel like When it comes to Tyler Or even like Rocky Like this, they got their stuff so good and so incredible to the point where it's like the pop people have to like this. Mm. The hip hop people have to like this. Mm. No matter if you don't understand this, this is so undeniably good yeah. that it's going to work in whatever world I put it in. Right. And I feel like alternative, that alternative like ideology and that skill set only exists over here in this space. Mm. Like pop people, if you do just pop, you're not going to work over here. Right. If you do just rip hot rap, it's not going to work over here. But we can come to y'all because it's just going to be so good, you're going to have to let us in. Right, right. Those are always my favorite albums, though, I got to say, because it's I love when I listen to a project and I'm like, damn, like I don't even know what I would categorize this. And it makes me think about the album even more and the music more because... I think as for whatever reason in music, we love to categorize things. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it can be even best to just be like, maybe this doesn't need to be categorized as anything. And this alternative sort of word can just be this huge umbrella where all these other things can kind of fit underneath it. And we don't yeah. really need to think about that as much of as, or have that conversation yeah. as much as and we I feel need like to. when you, and I feel like when you're creating, you get to, when you have that boundless, and that balanced idea and also you have less pressure you get to make more shit and experience more and experiment more mm-hmm. like that everything has to be I feel like general people think alternative is fucking super left Doesn't right have to right be super left no no not at all you know what I'm saying so totally um, I want to pivot a little bit to um, so the marketing of Shield 3 so again yeah. I, I mean I, I love the flyer I think Thank it's you, fantastic man. I think I love the way you like 
really glowed the three. I like that. Thank looks you. Like yeah, really, shout really out really Drive Fruitation. Shout out my man Nino Provide for doing help me with the graphics. Super dope. And like putting all that together. Yeah. And then the way you introduced each artist, like yeah. I was mentioning a little bit earlier, where, you know, you had like their own post and it was very like futuristic yeah. style and you had like the voiceover of like almost the computerized sort of voice. Um, you know, so what is it about marketing shows that you think is like, is the, I, I think there's an art to it. I really do. I think there's is, an art to marketing shows. So what ways have you, um, have worked for you in terms of the marketing and like, how do you feel like you're separating yourself a little bit as a, as somebody when you're marketing, um, your, your, either your shows or your content? Cause I feel like you do a really nice job of the music as well. So That's for a great you, fucking question. I feel like, like you said, it's like you said, it's an art, right? Mm-hmm. Every art has a skill set. And for you to learn the skill set, you kind of have to like do your research and master the skill set. I feel like for me, um, it's really figuring out how can I take myself and put myself into this thing, whatever I'm marketing, without myself taking up the full face in front of it. Mm, I like, like that. I don't market the shield as a Y-Tri experience. I can do that for Y-Tri by himself. The shield is its own entity, so I'm going to treat it like its own entity. Mm. Regardless of who's on it, regardless of who's hosting or whatever, it's its own separate entity. So it's like, how can I create this entity and give it its own world and its own process and its own lifestyle and its own look, its own feel? Mm. That's like my focus. And for this one, um, Shield 2, for example, right? Shield 2 is more about getting acts that I feel like which would shake the room. So I had Clark, I had um, Cleo, um, and I had uh, I had Kai. This shield is supposed to be like more of a Royal Rumble experience. It was supposed to be more of a, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm I want to fuck around and find out. So that was like the idea of the rollout and the idea of like pushing it and just marketing it. And also, I also wanted to do something that was a little bit more like, uh grimier and darker so that's why like the acts they're not as then like they're not super colorful i mean zed's colorful but like like the music isn't all super colorful and stuff oh, like totally. that like everyone's yeah. music is kind of on the same spectrum in the same realm wanted to do something that was like big and explosive right and i think that will you know ultimately like create a bigger impact and bigger splash because again i think i think everybody works together i think that too like um the ability to kind of keep things somewhat cohesive mm-hmm. right so um, I'm excited. Shield three um, people definitely, like I said, and tickets tickets are are st- hopefully still available. If they're not, they still uh, going. I mean, they <laughs> they going they going they going quick. But they're get your quick. tickets. Get them. And, and another thing I really like about this is, whenever I do another shield, um, the success of the next shield is gonna already be boosted because of the, because of the success of the past three. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you talking about shield two and we already on three shows. The impact of it. Yeah, I still remember. It was like, what, about a little over a year ago now? Yeah, Shield 2, that, right? It was... Some people still come up to me talking to me about Shield 1. That's fantastic. So it's like, I have their three. There could be some three-peaters at the show. That's awesome. Oh, that's so it's that. like the fact that I have people who have come to all threes, like. That's got to feel good for you. It's got to feel very validating to it, know that you're putting on an experience that people want to continue to come back to. It it's it's that and it also shows me okay like whatever this blueprint i'm doing is it's 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 working to some mm-hmm. degree you know for sure and i just want to continue building that for the city absolutely and then as i get bigger the shield can also evolve with me 
Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something I was really um, just always focused on trying to do. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, for any artist out there, and even like for me myself, I'm not going to speak too much about me, but I just think like, I think differentiating and like diversifying what you do as a creative, I think is incredibly important, right? 100%. Because like, I think that you can impact more people in that way, right? Like, obviously, like I've had this podcast, like this is really sort of like the basis of what I've done like from the start, but. You know, again, now I kind of own a studio and we, we're doing a lot. I've been recording other podcasts and sort of helping them guide them and do some more video content. I've thrown some shows as well. Like, you know, I'm creating this this album and all these other things. So it's like it's really cool to like feel as though you're making an impact beyond just like 100%. releasing your music. And yeah. so it's cool that you're, you have that sort of idea of like, yeah, there's why try and there's the shield. They do work together, but they can be their own separate entities 100%. and they can, you know, be things certain things that maybe why try can help the shield might help others as well and, and they kind of just piggyback off each other it's yeah great. bro and that's like a, that's like another reason why i kind of like ended up picking why try as my name because i wanted something that allowed me to do like whatever i wanted and it not dictate shit like mm-hmm. for example i'm a big childish gambino fan oh yeah uh, it's up there you know on the saying? screen but yeah like it's just Talk about that alternative. His name, like he could do it. Like his name just allows him to be like it's, it's ubiquitous, ubiquitous. I can't say the word. Ubiquitous. There you go. <laughs> and it allows him to do whatever. Or even the title of the creator. What does that nigga do? He creates. Creates. So why try that? Like, I'm gonna try shit. And it's gonna be fire. And it's gonna be dope. I love it. Like I like the fact the like music. I did that movie that's on fucking Amazon with Connor. Shout out Connor Holloway. Oh, he was just in here. Golden with Deer. Uh, yeah, shout out Golden Deer. He was, on, he was on Say That. Yeah. Um, I, I actually just got into voice acting. I can't talk about it, but okay. like, I got into my little voice acting bag. Um, so that's that's fire. So I'm just glad that I'm starting to just branch out what Y Track can be and what Y Track can do while still adding to the original shit that people know exactly. me for, what is which is the music. Super and well, the shows. Super well said. And you know, as I as Y Track gets bigger and the tours get bigger and the shows get bigger and the budgets get bigger, like I'll be able to do way bigger and crazier mm-hmm. shit. So Hey, but you're building the foundation now, which is incredibly yeah, I'm important. I'm just glad so. to have a foundation, bro. I feel like a lot of people now because of like the internet and tiktok and shit you can kind of skip that whole step but i think what sucks is when you skip that step and shit isn't starts to slow down you don't come back to anything like there's yeah you don't have you haven't built that sort of to fall back on and be able to say like okay like these are the these are the skills that i've built to get to this point right like i think and created the network and stuff like that yeah because like when i see ogs like do cool shit like like the fact that Paul Wall can still sell out like fucking six hundred people in Houston is crazy. And like, that's, yeah. that's you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And like there these people who are like super OGs, they might be on to different realms, but when they come back to where they started, that shit is still on go. Yep. And that longevity piece is obviously so important, especially in this, right? Yeah. So you want you want to be building. And a lot of places like that, that, or even like New York. Like New York respects their le- their legends and stuff. Like. Mm-hmm. New York, like Houston, like the West, everywhere, everywhere respects their legends. If you've done it, and like, like, bro, we can go to California right now. E forty can do a concert. There's gonna be eight hundred people there, right? Off the wrist, E fucking forty. <laughs> exactly. So it's like having that type of impact where you where you're from. I think is very important. I love it. I love it, man. Well, Shield three people, February tenth. Get your tickets. Um, February can't wait for it. Tenth. It's gonna be great. Shield three. Yeah. Um. I want to transition a little bit to sure. another segment that we like to do on here. It's probably our most oh, popular yeah. segment, Pop Quiz. Pop Quiz, all right. So, for anybody that doesn't know, first-time listener, Pop Quiz is a series of rapid-fire questions we are going to ask Why Try, some of which 
have to do with music. Some might have absolutely nothing to do with music at all. Maybe all right. just stuff that I found out. Uh, you want first thought? Huh? Like, am I just saying first thing that comes to the head or my thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right. first thing that you know, comes to your mind when I say this. So, um, I know you're a big WWE fan. 100%. Wrestling. What do you think, uh, what part of WWE do you think is like the most un- misunderstood? Because I think sometimes. Storylines. The storylines, interesting. Storylines. Um, yes, I understand. Like, people want to be like, yes, we understand it's not 100% real. But these, they still get hurt. They still get injured. All that stuff's still real. It's the storylines that make WWE the magic that it is. It's the it's the stories that create the beefs and the heels and the baby faces. It's the it's the rollout of those those storylines and how they come together and build up the hype for these matches. And I think people who look at wrestling and don't look at that aspect think it's dumb. But that's the aspect that makes it what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So, I was, yeah. that, was, that was a great answer. Um, I know you're a huge fan of rock music as well. Even mm-hmm. like We talked a little bit about that we uh, briefly, but who are some bands that have inspired you like over the years from like a rock standpoint? Man, I was kind of like, I grew up in like the, um, I want to call it pop rock, but like the commercial rock aspect of things mm-hmm. growing up, like the Papa Roaches, the fucking Three Day Graces, the oh, Winter yeah. Parks. I listen to all that fucking, shit. I think we're in the same age. I think you. I think we're roughly the same yeah, age. So, so I, I, yeah, so I, I was that era. Yeah, like, just grabbed me by the put me in the fucking chokehold. Like Papa, the minute it came Papa up. Roach. I haven't heard of Papa Roach. That's, that's I used to love that song. Their new albums, yo, their new albums really good. I gotta have to check. Like it out. their stuff I is still like Three Days Grace and Papa Roach is still putting out very good music. Dude, Three Days Grace used to be. I used to listen to them all the time. I love okay. their shit. Oh, that was great. great answers. Love it. Um, describe what Lost Vision is and how that has helped your creativity over the years. So Lost Lost Vision, uh, I don't really, I don't have that moniker anymore. But Lost Vision was really just like, something really early on that you were doing, though, right? Yeah, that was like my first like creative like baby that I wanted to build things on. Yeah, it was yeah. like so Lost Vision was a brand I made, um, and I was making clothes. And with those clothes, I was sponsoring my homies that were doing like cool shit, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was just the concept of like my ideas not allowing my ideas to get lost and my visions to get lost. So instead of getting lost, I'm just gonna put it out in real life. I love it. Yeah, so that was my thought process. Cool. Now it's funny now that I say it back and I'm older, that shit makes me cringe a little bit. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm not doing lost vision anymore. But yeah. Uh, on the on the uh, um, same wave of fashion, I know that like you have a very unique style. Thank you, I appreciate for that, sure, man. and I love it. Um, what's like what part of um, uh, your fashion sense do you think is like the most um, unique about you from a standpoint like when it comes to is it the is it your gloves is it the jackets the pants like I'm a the, very big pants guy bro I feel like the pants make the fit so if your pants are trash like everything else gotta go up like I don't you can work around anything as long as the pants are wavy bro like you, you can you can make shit hit gotcha pants I like it and just yeah just I feel like just understanding what accessories you want how accessories hit, like the idea and the look, just knowing what you're going for, just building upon that. I think, you know what I'm saying? I like it. I like it. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you still work there or not. I, I, I prob- I'm gonna say former, but correct me if I'm wrong. So as a former retail host at Legoland uh, oh, Discovery <laughs> Center, what's the best Lego set of all time in your opinion, bro? The most, it's crazy because if I remember correctly, the best Lego set of all time over there was the Star Wars collections. I was, I was the Star Wars shit, bro. The Star Wars shits were fucking huge. Like you could like. Bro, I think the um I didn't I wasn't never a Star Wars fan, but I know like the fucking battleship, the circular one dome thing. They were selling those shits for like four hundred a pop. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know. 
And this is before inflation. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Legoland was tight though. Working there was tight. It was tough. I'd like uh I worked upstairs on one of like the rides. Okay. So I was just like helping kids go on and off the rides and shit, but like uh, I don't know if like I can't pick when I found that I couldn't picture it. I was like, why? Why try working at Legoland? It, it, it for me, it didn't seem like it yeah, correlated. It was. It was it, I have. A, I've had a lot of odd jobs, bro. Like I've done a lot of shit. You have had a like, few odd jobs. It's like, yo, how did I get here? I remember one time I was working at a strip club. Uh, it was. It was interesting. It was. It's, it was very interesting to to like have strippers be your coworkers. You know, so. <laughs> Lego, was, Legoland by day, strip club by night. Type shit. So it was, it was, it was some shit. But yeah, Legoland was cool. Legoland was tight. Um, that's what made me want to make keychains. Really? I don't know if he was around for Shield. Yeah, no, actually, with the Shield One. I don't. I did not go to Shield One. No. Shield One. This is right before I did Collision. I made keychains because I remember when I was working at Legoland, they were selling fucking Stormtrooper keychains for fifteen dollars a piece. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? You can sell a keychain for that much? I was oh, this is crazy. Yeah. So, like, that's what got me looking to making, like, socks and keychains and all this other stuff. It's funny because, like, the Collision Socks was the best merch I did like that. Interesting. Huh. Like, sold like fucking water. No shit. So, just having, like, really interesting pieces of merch. Mm. I thought it was just me, but then I started looking at artists that I really like and looking at their merch stores. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is the thing. People, okay, it's like, people like this type of stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Um, is it safe to say that Charmander is your favorite Pokemon, or is there one that you like better? Charmander is my favorite Pokemon. That's crazy. I fuck with you for that. I fuck with you for that. <laughs> Charmander, yeah, Charmander is my favorite Pokemon. Um, Charmander is my favorite Pokemon because growing up, when like there's the episode where Ash finds a dying Charmander because his like owner left him in the light, like left him in the fucking rain. Is when he, when his flame burns out, he dies and he saves him. Um. Charmander had that dog in him, bro. Like he would like if Charmander was riding for Ash. Like if if Ash didn't have Pikachu, I think Charmander would have been his Pikachu. That's how much. If you really go back and watch, that man was riding for that boy. Like that was that was his dog. That is not a far fetched statement. Yeah, he, bro, he was right. Like he was ready to come. Even when Charmander became um with a Charmeleon, Charmeleon was a dickhead to Ash. But when he needed him, he came correct. When Charmeleon <laughs> evolved in Char- Charizard. He was a bigger dickhead, but when he needed to, when he was like, yo, bro, I need you, he's like, all right, bet, let's really get into it. <laughs> yo, Char- Charman is that dog, bro. You got that dog in him. I fuck with bro. He's a real one. Real, absolutely. He was a real one. <laughs> uh, I think artists like Michael Jackson, Chris Brown, Justin Timberlake, they were not only staples as artists, but equally as talented as dancing, or at, as at dancing, if mm-hmm. not more so. Um, in your opinion, who would be like your Mount Rushmore of artists who are the best dancers? Are artists that best dancers? I mean, do we, I don't think we have that many. It's Michael Jackson, obviously. Yep. Um, Chris Brown could be in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's funny. For a while, I wasn't really like rocking with Chris Brown's like dancing like that. But it wasn't until he dropped the Yet X Three video, I was like, oh, this nigga's going crazy. Because <laughs> that's when he started doing flips and the gymnastics yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, bro's in his bag. He's pretty tight on Stomp the Yard too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we only, we only saw him for 20 seconds. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're true. Um, it, it was only 20 seconds. You're right. <laughs> shit. Who else would be on that? Mount Rushmore? Yeah, she had two two left. Um, I, don't, I don't think really, I, I can't really think of who would be dancing like that, for real. That's that's a very hard question. 
All right, we don't. We can come. Back I'm gonna come back to it. I'm gonna we'll come back to it. We come back to it if you think of something. That's fine. Um, best highlight of your days playing basketball at Pros- uh, uh, Prospect Hill. So, you know what's funny? I didn't really get better at basketball until like maybe mid college. High school, I was all right, but I had no bro. I had no no dribble pack, <laughs> no dribble. I was like, I was ending games with double doubles with like ten points, eleven rebounds. I was like a. In high school, I was kind of playing ball like I was Dennis Rodman. I had no <laughs> dribble package, no shot, but, like, rebound game and scoring was fire. It was to the point where it's like I had to, like, if I would get a rebound, I couldn't really dribble it up the court. Actually, yo, DJ Dutch was my point guard. No shit. He was a point, yeah, we played, we played uh, JV and varsity together. So he was point. So no one would get the ball, he would have me outlet. And if I try to dribble, he'd be like, bro, you need to relax. Give me the ball, please. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, those are my greatest days. I think my greatest days for sure was definitely playing JV with Dutch because um, we had we had a couple highlights together on JV, so that was pretty hard. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I was a basketball player myself, so when I found that out, I was like, I got to ask him about basketball. Now um, I be hooping. <laughs> now, I, now I be hooping. Let's get that clear. <laughs> I be hooping now. So, listen, we, we, can, yo, we can get a running. I be hooping now. Awesome. Um, You've opened for Bad Baby, yes. IDK, Maxo Cream, Rico Nassi, Duke Deuce, as you mentioned earlier, amongst others. Um, obviously, they were all great. Um, I'm sure they were all great experiences and all great opportunities. But is there one that maybe stands out amongst the rest as like you feel like that was like, oh, this is like really great that I'm or so cool that I'm opening for this artist or or maybe the crowd was like particularly great that night or whatever the case. It's funny, but I'm going to say, I'm, is it tie between the Rico, Rico Nasty and uh, actually Bad Baby at Asian? No Nasty. shit. It was, uh, the reason why, like, the Bad Baby show was tight because it was kind of like, I got the gig and they were like, yo, we're like, that was my first time doing a show where the line was around the block. No kidding. Yeah, like, that was my first time, like. It was from the Middle East, like, the door to go downstairs mm-hmm. all the way down to the convenience store. No shit. So that was my first time being like, oh, shit, like, this is crazy. And uh, I think that was my first 500-plus sold-out show. Wow. So that was really special to me. And um, she's nice. She wasn't like She wasn't like what she was on tv i talked to her briefly so that was like a very interesting moment and that's made me realize okay not everything we see on the internet is how it's going to be perceived right right like that for sure rico nasty was tight because i love rico i'm a huge rico's fan yeah she's fantastic this was for this was like i think it was like our first tour and it was it was sold out too and it was the first time i saw like a room full of women but it was fucking turnt Bro, and that was flash shit was fucking turnt. <laughs> it was crazy, yo. That so that, was, that was one of like the wildest mosh pits ever. It was it was it was oh, amazing. It. it was amazing. Fantastic. Bad I baby. still have fans that talk about both those shows. No shit. Yeah, well, it's Fantastic. tight. Well, Bad Baby and Rico Nasty. Yeah, that's you. You you've definitely. Shorty only got one album, but she was in her bag. She was like, she was she was pretty good. Live, <laughs> she's pretty tight. I like it. I like it. Well, that was pop quiz. You, yeah, you absolutely killed it. Well done. For sure. Thank you. Well done. Um. I want to touch base a little bit more about the music side of things. So we haven't really talked too much about the music. So your your latest full-length project was with John Glass. Is that correct? Yes. Anima, Mama, I make art. See, so your boy's not a loser. Yes. I love that project very much. Thank you. Um, and then recently, um, in terms of singles, I know you just uh, 
in the last couple of months dropped uh, Dunbreen Broke with Malik Elijah. Malik. Yeah, love love Malik's music out here. We're definitely a big fan. Um, so I'm curious for you, like, how has I'll, I'll, we'll start with the album um, working with John on that, like. Of course, big shout out to John Glass. We love John out here. Um, what was that experience like working with John, and and how did he help you as a as a grow as a musician and as an artist? John gave me time and space to like kind of develop ideas and develop what I could turn them into and be. And he really helps on the production side of me being like, like the Mima sessions was literally me. We was walk, I'd walk into the studio. He'd be like, "Yo, try how you feeling?" And I'm like, "I need." I want. I feel like making something that sounds like someone coming up to you and punching you in the mouth, and you just lost two teeth for no exact reason, and that person walked away. So I need you to take that and turn that into a beat, and that's how he made John Cena. So that's that was literally a lot of the process of making Mima. So just capturing these feelings or these like ideas, and then making it and giving it. It's interesting because when we meet Bold on uh, not too long ago, he he and we, he was talking about something very similar that 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 was kind of the way in which he's been working with John on that front. He's like, I have this feeling, this emotion I want like to portray it. And somehow he'd like make it work. Yeah. It's just, that's, that's incredible that, um, that he's able to do that with so many different artists and especially like someone like yourself who has a very, very like, I don't want to say left field, but yeah, you have a very different style. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's probably, is, do you find it difficult to find, um, producers or musicians that can, like match that style you're looking for or match the sort of uh, nah, vibe you're looking for? Is that- nah, per se. I think it also it depends on the producer or the st- even when the graphic, when it comes to like graphic people, it depends on them really. Because when I go into work with somebody, I don't necessarily ask them for certain things. It's Got like, it. this is what you know about me. This is what you hear. This is what you see. Now take your skill set and just combine it with mine and just give me that. I know I'm going to like it because if you're taking – what I do, and you like that, and you generally see yourself like be able to make something for me, then whatever you make me is gonna be tight because you're just adding yourself to it. Just add yourself on top of my art. Huh? That's all. I, that's literally all I ask for. So when I ask you to make graphics, I'm just like, I don't know. They'll be like, Yo, what do you want? I don't know. Just make it why try. I trust you to make it why try because you know what why try looks like and you know what why try feels like, hmm. and I'm gonna like it based off that. So I give people full range to experiment and control. That's why I think a lot of people think my style is so like left field. But it's because I give the people I work with a lot of room to experiment and control, like experiment and be creative. Huh. That's interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm not picky at all because at the same time, it's like, bro, we're trying to make new level shit. Let's make new level shit. I'm not scared to make new level shit because I know what I make is really good. And it goes back to the conversation about alternative shit. If it's really good, it's going to fit where it's whatever it can fit because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I love that answer. I think that that because I, I think a lot of artists can be very and, it, and it's not like a criticism or anything like that of anybody specifically but i think a lot of artists can be a bit particular sometimes and yeah. and, and i think uh that's cool yeah it's fine if you have a certain taste like i i appreciate that like i you know i'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong but i i think that 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 freedom i think allows for people to not feel so much i think the pressure of exactly like you have to fit a certain and the best art is made when there's less pressure and it's gonna Mm -hmm. be less pressure when you allow people room to like get the ideas or try it out right now if i'm in a studio and someone's like yo i think or some example me if me like me like me and john does some weird shit every time where it was like yo we got ask some extra oof on the vocals how about you like turn around and go to the back of the room and try yelling like that and see if we can get some new reflections huh 
just doing shit like that. Like, yeah, like we don't know we're gonna what we're gonna get until we get it or we try. It. And if we don't like it, we just don't like it. But at the same time, it's like I like having a level of creativity mm. with people, um, whether it's like John, whether it's like I've been working more with Knox Beats. Um, oh, that's right! Don't you have a you have a song dropping? We have a song dropping together, and like, yeah. I'll play it for you, bro. It's like, what, what what's the date of that? By the way, eighth February eighth, right before Shield. I oh, fantastic! Put something out before, uh, I'm trying to do a lot better dropping this year for sure. Cool, cool. Be more consistent, so I'm gonna be dropping a lot more. But just, I like the idea of being able to make stuff that doesn't sound or look like anything right because right. if i want if i wanted to make shit that everyone else would like i could do that but then i'd be doing myself a disservice mm-hmm. and i'll do that for everyone else when i want to now i have songs i can show you where it's like that's not left field and it's gonna be cool and it's gonna do great when it comes out but at the same time i need to get all this shit out mm-hmm. or that i want to get out you right. know what i'm saying and right. then or even if the stuff that i'm making that's less less feel that's less left field it's still very me. I just care about whatever I make is very me. Mm-hmm. So it's distinctive to this is this is what I try. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the I lives or the or my flows or my styles or like how I do my vocals or whatever. I just want people to be like, okay, this is what I try. I want I want my music to come on. People should know off the back, okay, this is what I try. Because I have that when I listen to Gabe, you know I have that. When I listen to Tyler, I feel like that. When I listen to fucking Brockhampton, like you just know yeah. this is them. So you I kind of want that type of um, energy around my stuff, whether it's the graphics or the music or like, the vocals or like whatever. Totally, I I love that you brought up Brockhampton because they're like one of my favorite art like groups from the last and ten years really. I've I've, 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 I've found like, so much uh, like abstract. Value out Kevin of them. Abstract's incredible, bro. Like incredible. his last album was stupendous. So and you good. know you know it's him when you hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had a, his last album had a lot more of like a a uh, rock sort of. Or I maybe alternative, I mean not rock, but like alternative, yeah. like pop, even pop, more or less on like the pop side. But yeah, no, I really much. Um, I've been a huge fan of them for a long, long time, and I think that they had a lot of um, influence um, in sort of that creative, like that creativity space. You know, I feel like they brought a lot of that like yeah, back yeah. and were mm-hmm. themselves. Um, and then the song with uh, Knox Beats that's coming out recent, uh, very soon. Badman, um, yeah, real Badman. Um, talk to me about working with him and what that process is like. Knox is like a bro, like Knox because like his a, shit can be out there too, man. Like talk about like some of his latest work in the last year or so. Like he dropped, I can't remember the name of the project now off the top of my head, but I listened to it and it was like it was yeah, super he, cool. He played me when he was working on it. It was incredible. He's like a if you could like go into the dictionary and look up what like a mad genius is. Like, I swear to God, his picture should pop up. Like when it comes to music, <laughs> he's just a he's just a mad genius. I mean that in like all the greatest and most positive ways, dude. Yeah. Like, He'll just like he'll he has this ability to to like sit down with artists and see the vision before they see the vision. Sometimes it's like he can just see the vision of like yo like he'll be like bro I'm gonna do this 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 and this and I'm like damn I don't know trust me <laughs> and again my process is I'm I I like that because yeah. I like I. My art is kind of like, think of it in basketball, right? If I'm running point, and we and we about to, we going through the hoop, we trying to score. I'm already good with what I got. I'm just here to throw you the alley oop, and you slam dunk it. Mm-hmm. So when I when I work with people, just, I'm throwing them the alley oop. Everything else is set. Just make it. Why try? 
See where see how we do it. Now you could choose the rim grazer, you could choose the three sixty, you could choose the windmill. That's that's on you. And then we're gonna see what it looks like after. We're gonna see the highlight together and see how it goes. So that's kind of like how just with him, bro, he just on, on Bodman threw up the alley you, but he decided to do a Vince Carter three sixty windmill <laughs> honey bun. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So that come together was like he sent me that beat a while ago. And I made it, and I sent him a demo, and he was like, you got to come right. He, yo, he called me. He was like, yo, I'm going to find time. I'm going to finish it. It's like it's like 7 o'clock. He called me. He was like, yo, I need you to come right now. I said, fuck it. Pulled up. We recorded it. Did it. I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is fire. And it's, 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 I don't have a record like this, but I could see myself building more songs around this, this like, world. So it's, it's fire. Like, I think oh. people are going to really like it. I'm excited to to hear it, man. Absolutely, can't wait. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm been a huge fan of what you've been doing for such a long time, and um, you know, I, I said I, I now ta- sitting down talking to you, having this type of conversation, like I really kind of getting it, it's just building more context for me, and oh, I, for and, sure. I, and I feel Appreciate like that. um, you know, I I just I like where your headspace is at, feeling like you want creatives to be who they are, and so that you that's, that's it, that's, yo, that's it, other. bro, that's it. I just want creatives. To be who you are, don't be afraid to create with the people that want to create with you. Don't be afraid to say, share your ideas. Don't be afraid to feel like you're stepping on toes. Yeah. Just be like, yo, for me, if you're working with me, come to me authentically with your ideas, your skills, and your creativity. Because if I didn't respect it or I didn't like it, we wouldn't have even been, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have even gotten this far. Right. right. You know? So, yeah, bro, like, I respect the craft. I respect other people's craft. I respect the skill sets of myself and others. And I just, that's why I really love like working with people I generally respect because that's something I do cherish because it means a lot. It's not like when someone gives me a song or when I, or when I do with someone, when I do a song with somebody or give, or we do features and shit. It's like, yo, like it means a lot because people are very like, oh shit I don't know if I want to want to work with this person so when someone gives you that cosign of being like yo I want to share this mm-hmm. time with you I take I take a lot of pride in like respecting that because I mean, to me it means a lot right like I said I've been a huge fan of you for a long time and I just appreciate all like the sentiments that you're bringing up and it really I think it it's I think more people need to hear it and have it so um, I have two segments left for there you go I'm uh, here for it one is a little bit yeah they're, they're both quick they're not they're not too too long this one's it. this one's a newer one we've been uh, we've been experimenting with this is called pass. ah I'm gonna test that on me let's go I like it. I'm <laughs> this is called pass or fail okay okay so I have four statements for you yeah um, again everything's sort of like if you can already tell everything's very education teacher sort of or uh, <laughs> sort of oriented um, very simple yeah if you agree with the statement pass. Okay, so like it, it passed, it passed, it gets, it gets a passing grade. If you disagree with the statement, it's a fail. Okay. Cool? All right. PlayStation is better than Xbox, pass or fail? Fuck! <laughs> I grew up on 360, bro. Fuck. Oh, you killed me with this one. Fuck. <laughs> and what, like overall? Overall, overall, PlayStation is better than Xbox. That's just a statement, doesn't it? So it's up to you. Is that true or fall or pass or fail? Uh, <laughs> Xbox for the people. I'm saying fail. Okay. Say fail. All right. I want to right. say fail. I'm sorry. 
That's okay. No, don't apologize. Oh shit! Yeah, I know I'm gonna get mad heat for this, bro. Because <laughs> yeah. I only own an Xbox, but I got Game Pass on my PC, so it's like, damn, these niggas is crazy. <laughs> they going crazy. Shout out Xbox, yo. Man on the Moon is Kid Cudi's best album, which is actually right behind you. Politically, we could say yes. I'm going to say no, and I'm giving that shit to Indica. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. What? Immortal? Immortal is... One of his most Girls underrated with two shorts? Songs. Oh, my God. Red Eye? You kidding me? Oh, you need oh bro. Nobody I'm, going ever talk- I'm going to Immortal. Never, nobody ever talks Indicut. about Red Eye. Yeah, Red, Red Eye is incredible. I'm going to Indicud. Incredible. Going to I, all right. All right. I'm with you. I, I hear you. I, I still like Man on the Moon better. But Indicud is a close second. I, I would definitely agree. Um, the Witcher is the best show on Netflix. Uh, There's a lot of heat on Netflix, bro. Well, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, too much heat on Netflix. I fuck with Witcher. You know what's funny? I played Witcher 3, the game, four times, and I've never just... I had to stop because the game is too big. Like it's just, Interesting. I, just, I get to this point where you got to fucking defeat the... um. The, it's like a... Uh, it's not a fucking raven. It's a fucking um, sphinx that you have to defeat. And every time I get to the same point, I'm just like, yo, bro, I'm like fucking seven <laughs> hours in. I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> and I just stop playing. I uninstall it. Shaman King is the best animation. Shaman King? Shaman King, excuse me. But pardon for the... Ah! <laughs> Shaman King. Shaman King is my favorite anime just because um, the four kids version, English version, was a cra- crazy intro. It was also really good, but I don't. it's not the best anime because after a certain point in the storyline, it kind of just feels like motherfuckers just didn't really know what to do Gotcha. after like a certain time. And also, I think there wasn't enough action. It's one of those animes where like it builds up based on the dialogue. Mm-hmm. The action's cool. But nah, it's not. It's not the best at all. Okay, not at all. four fails. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I didn't give you. I didn't give one pass. No, none of them. Shit. All fails. It's all right though. It's all right though. Yeah, it's just my it, fault, big bro. No, don't. <laughs> it's, it's not a big. T- <laughs> These aren't my favorites or anything like that. It's fine. Um, why try? Fantastic episode, man. This has been great. I really appreciate you coming down here. Thanks for having I me. I can't bro. wait for Shield Three. So guys, make sure that you check that. Go out. Go get your tickets. Shield Three, February tenth. Badman Zed Kenzo. Oh, February 8th, Badman out. Zed Kenzo, me, Almighty Yami, Cassius Knight, hosted by Jabron PVD, sounds by DJ Dutch, special guest Believe, special guest oh, Rocky Snyder. There you go. Uh, yeah, man, we're going crazy. So. I love it. I love it. Um, the final segment of the show is always a fan favorite. This is the dream song scenario. Okay. So you get a song. It's a Why Try song, and you can have any artist on it, dead or alive. I'll structure it for you. You get one to two producers and then three guest features. Who would be on On that song? On that song. So it's a big record. Who would be on Why Try's dream song scenario? Again, dead or alive. One feature, two super producers. I'm sorry. One to two producers and then three guest features. Up to three. Producers, I'm going with Take a Day Trip and Knox. Okay. I think I'm going XXX, Tentacion, JPEG, and Rihanna. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, because I feel like if I'm doing three features, I got to have, I got we got we to gotta have some harmonies in there to yeah. switch it up on the bridge or some shit. I need a powerful voice. Interesting. I think that would be a really unique song. I, I like that. I like that answer a lot. Yeah. Why try? Featuring Rihanna, XXX Tentacion, and JPEG, produced by Take a Day Trip and Knox Beats. I think it would be a very interesting smash hit. I really do. It's going to be something. It'll be yeah. something. Watch out. Thanks so much for being here, brother. It's something. My man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you.
Thank you so much for having me. Of course, the only thing that's left to do is just plug away. Again, okay. obviously Shield, but you know anything else where the people can find you as well if they're just coming to ah, the first time. You can find me at um, Why Try W H Y T R I everywhere. Fucking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, goddamn, um, life, Shield Discord, fucking YouTube. I got like a random OnlyFans out there. You can try that. Uh, yeah. Why try? Fantastic. Why try, everybody? And if you're a fan of Why Try, just coming on us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. Make sure to hit up our website, turntableteachers.com, for all the latest episodes, blog posts, merch, all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, if you're an artist, podcaster, or content creator, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org. We have all your video needs, podcasting needs, mixing, mastering, recording, whatever it is you need as a creative, we can do it here for you. Once again, Watcher, I thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me, player. Absolutely. As always, I'm Mike. That's why I try. Yo. With the turntable teachers and class is officially dismissed.